This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, everyone. How's it going? I'm Michael Bisping, and you're listening to the Mirror TKO Podcast. Live from the O2 Arena in London, England. Man! Relentless once again. Overwhelming. Michael Bisping. That left is finding a home and again and again and again. Oh, you heard him. He is so explosive. Yoshi Hiro He's a scrapper. He's a brawler. Good left oh, He is down. That's it. What a fight. Wow. Dan Hardy. such a powerful dude. Look at this. Boom! Hathaway trying to finish his fight. Oh, Back in fourth day battle. And he finishes the fight. Mike Pyle. The Ultimate Fighting Championship presents UFC 120. Bisbane versus Akiyama. Saturday, October 16th. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mirror TKO podcast from Mirror.co.uk. I'm Simon Head. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Dan Ferdinand. Howdy. And uh, we had a good week this week because we went into central London. They let us out in Mirror Towers for the afternoon, which was nice. And uh, we interviewed the three stars of the upcoming UFC event in London, UFC 120. John the Hitman Hathaway from Brighton, the up-and-coming welterweight star. Dan the Outlaw Hardy, a Nottingham-based kickboxer with an extensive record collection yes. and a, a very cool pair of trainers, as you'll find out. Yeah. And uh, Michael the Count Bisbing, who is the subject of uh, the first show. Michael takes on uh, Yoshihiro Sexyama Akiyama in the main event at UFC 120. And what's going to be an absolutely brilliant stand-up war, Dan. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're, gonna, you're about to listen to what, what Michael Bisbing thinks about the fight, but a fantastic guy. It's going to be an absolute barnstorm of a fight. Yeah, absolute barnstorm, and he's up for it massively. And and Akiyama is just the tip of the iceberg for him. We we talked to him about all sorts, including some interesting stuff he had to say about a certain Mister Charles Sonnen. So uh, we'll find out a little bit more about that. But uh, without further ado, here's the man himself, Michael the Count Bisping. Right, we're here with uh, UFC middleweight Michael Bisping, just ahead of uh, UFC 120, where you're going to be headlining against Yoshihiro Akiyama. Uh, tell us a bit about the fight, your opponent, and uh, your your preparations for the fight. Well, obviously, um, the fight's October 16th, UFC 120, um, a main event at the O2 Arena, so for me, it's uh, a, a very special occasion. You know, my last fight was in Vegas, before that was Sydney, two fantastic venues, but for me, fighting in England is uh, when it's more special, especially in London, at the O2 Arena, sold out, you know, it's uh, very, very exciting. It really is the stuff of childhood, childhood dreams, you know. Um, my opponent, Yoshihiro Akiyama, is... Um, a very, very exciting fighter, a tough opponent. He's lost one fight in the last five years, so I think that says a lot about him. Um, the guy's a superstar in Japan. He's a, he's a model, he's a singer, an actor, but he's best known for his fighting. Um, he's had two fights in the UFC so far. Um, before that, he used to fight in an organisation called Pride, which is basically like the Japanese version of the UFC. Since he's come to the UFC, he's had two fights. Both fights have been fight of the night. One of them, candidate for fighter, fight of the year. So um, he's a very, very exciting fighter. Got a lot of knockouts on his record. Um, 
very aggressive and he's coming to win, as am I. I'm looking for the knockout. I want to get a big win in front of my home crowd. So it's going to be a great fight. It's going to be a very exciting fight. Um, I'm doing everything in my power to uh, to win the fight. I want to say thanks to all my coaches because now I'm truly feeling you know, like a world champion and that I've got what it takes um, to get the belt. You know, I, I think hopefully I'm going to go out there, get a good performance. I'm looking to knock him out. Hopefully get a knockout in front of my home crowd. One more good fight and... Uh, in this time next year, I'll be world champion. That's the plan. That'd be fantastic. And this is the second time you've headlined uh, UFC in, in the UK. Yep. Um, what extra pressure does that bring on you as a, as a, as a fighter building up to the big event? Um, well, obviously, you know, I, I want I want the event to, I want the event to be a big success. You know, and, and the, the, the main, if I'm the main event fighter, you know, I'm the main event. You know, that's what's selling the card. So. Um, I take that responsibility very seriously. I want to sell the fight. I want to do as much promotions as I can. Yeah. I want it to be a success. I I, uh, I want it to be a success from the fans' perspective. I want them to come and enjoy the fight, and uh, you know get what they paid for. And I want it to be a success from the US, UFC's perspective. I want them to see that it was a good business move, making me the main event. Yeah. So not only have I got to train hard and ensure that I win the fight and put an exciting fight on and entertain everybody. I, w- I want to make sure that I do all the promotional work, sell the fight, and uh, do what I can to make it a big success. Great. And obviously you've got Akiyama, as, as you say, he's, he's, a, he's a very, very good fighter. He's got loads of experience. He's fought in K1. Um, do you see this being a stand-up fight? Obviously he's got the judo black belt. Yeah. Um, but do you see this fight predominantly being on the feet? Yeah, I think predominantly the fight will be on the feet. He's... Um, He's very, very good on the feet. He's good on the ground as well. As you mentioned, he's very good at judo. I think he won a, a medal at the Olympics in judo, so his, his judo is going to be ridiculous. But I think he does favour the stand-up. You know, he's, he's, got, he's knocked out a lot of opponents. He's got very good stand-up. Uh, he likes to mix it up well. He throws lots of good kicks, punches. You know, you, he's, he's a very well-rounded fighter. Um, that said... You know, I, I, I think I'm the better fighter. Obviously, I'm going to say that, but I think I'm bigger, faster, stronger, and I think generally just all round the better fighter. And I think um, whilst he ain't going to be no pushover, far from it. He's a, as I said, he's a very tough fighter. I feel like, um, it's going to be a good win for me. Now, leading up, it's probably a few months back, just before this fight was made, there was talk over whether it was going to be Akiyama or whether it was going to be Vitor Belfort was, yeah. was mentioned as well. Vitor obviously is now going to be fighting Anderson Silva for the title. Sure. So you know from that and obviously from your performances in the past, you're in the mix at, at 185 for a title shot. Um, you've got uh, Akami, you've got Mark Watt, uh, Sonnen's obviously a little bit... Yep. You know, there's, there's issues there. Let's just quickly mention Sonnen. There's been a little bit of verbals between the two of you. That's right. Um, he... MMA Live, what did he say? He said if, if, if uh, Michael bury, me. bury you where you stand. And Correct. obviously, since then, he's had a, he's had a, a bit of an issue. Yes. Um, what's your take on this? What's your take on Charles Sonnen and the situation he's in? And is that a fight that you'd like to take at some point down the line after he's served any suspension he's got? Well, first off, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Charles Sonnen. I think that uh, he's an exciting fighter. His last few fights, he's looked fantastic. The fight against Anderson Silva was incredible, you yeah. know. Um, He's not, I wouldn't say he's, he's a fan of mine <laughs> by some of his comments, but uh, that's fine. I think he sells a fight great. You know, I think he's, he's a great businessman. He's fantastic at selling a fight. I must admit, I pissed myself laughing at some of his comments, and, uh, and his ex- he backs it up as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm a, you know uh, he's an exciting fighter. Um, 
I'd love to fight him though absolutely love to fight him obviously he's said a few things about me I've responded back and forth nothing too nasty mind you yeah. but uh, he did make one comment as he said on MMA Live which I think overset the mark a little bit yeah. he basically threatened to attack me wherever that may be <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> on, yes, on but, but it was, yeah exactly I'm just minding my own business queuing up for a sandwich and Joe Son's going to try and bury me um, so I thought that was a little bit over the top uh, other than that I've not really taken issue with anything yeah. but I'd love to fight him I want to fight the best guys out there uh, uh, as you touched on before you know the middleweight division lots of good guys Mark yeah. Wadakami you know a lot of fantastic fighters lots of good challenges for me mm. but I feel now that I'm I'm coming into my prime as a mixed martial artist and as a fighter and as an athlete you know I'm getting you're 31 I think is a good age now um, I feel stronger and better technically than I ever have been and yeah. I feel now that I'm ready but I think maybe in the past it was a little too soon for some of the, the bigger names but now I, I truly feel I'm ready and uh, I'm, I look forward to the challenges Great and this fight is gonna, it's probably going to be watched by a lot of people who may be watching uh, MMA and maybe the UFC for the first time yeah. um, they'll be looking at you guys coming in they'll be looking at things like your fight record uh, and they may be more familiar with boxing where there's a lot more of a, a stress on not losing sure. at all if you've not got a zero on your record or if you've just lost you're almost out of the picture yeah um, that's quite different in, in MMA can you explain why that is for us yeah well, well first and foremost there's so many more ways to win and lose a fight yeah. you know uh, and you know I mean look you, you can you can punch kick knee elbow take them down win, win fights by submission uh, you know, the, the list goes on. Now, maybe it doesn't. Maybe that was all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there's much more ways to win and lose a fight. Yeah. Uh, and I think that makes it more exciting, but it also makes it more hazardous. You know, you lose focus for one second and, you know, uh, someone's got, got you in a, a choke or something yeah. like that. And, you know, or because the gloves are a lot smaller, you know, sometimes one good shot is all it needs. I know from experience, you know, yeah. lose your focus for a minute, you get caught on the chain with those four ounce gloves. You know, they're very unforgiving. Um, so, yeah, I mean, also in the UFC, the best guys are fighting the best guys all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm not disrespecting boxing or certain boxers, but if, you, you know, if you're fighting the best guys in the world, you shouldn't really be able to go 40 and oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah unless, you know, may maybe you can. I'm not saying that's impossible, mm. you know. There's some tremendous athletes out there. But if you're fighting the best guys all the time, which the, in the UFC you do do, you can always have one bad night. Yeah. It's like a routine. I'd like to have a bad night. You know what I mean? I think you're allowed a bad night now yeah. and again. You know, I've had three bad nights. <laughs> uh, but that's been it. Um, obviously, you try and keep them to a minimum. I yeah. want to go on a good winning streak now. Um, I felt I've learned from experience. Yeah. I mean, the, if you listen, if you keep losing fights in the UFC, you're gone. You're yeah. not going to be fighting in the UFC for very long. So let's not get it mixed up that you can lose fights in the UFC and still have a job. That's not the case. You keep losing, you're gone. Simple as that. But you can, you know, as you said, you can afford a bad night now and again, and I think fans are a little bit more forgiving than what they are in boxing. What's it? Um, what's it like for your friends and family? Because as as, as we alluded to, you're at that level now where you're basically one below the champion. Your your next couple of fights are definitely that way. Yeah. Because your friends and family know you from kind of being a little boy running sure. around Manchester. What is that like for them? Obviously, your international. Style as such. Uh, it's, well, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I can sit here. I suppose to a certain extent that is the, that is the case, you know. And it's strange, you know. It feels it still feels strange to me. I don't sit here. I hate. I can't. It just doesn't sit comfortably with me to say, oh, fans. You know, I just it just doesn't feel right. I'm just a lad from Clitheroe outside Manchester. You know what I mean? I'm just a very very average lad. So I don't like saying, oh, my fans. Some people seem that he's saying that. It just doesn't feel right to me. I don't know, it's weird, you know, I mean, they see me on TV, I suppose over time, the, the, 
they've got used to it but I'm still very very much the same person you know I haven't changed one little bit alright you know I, I can uh, I can afford to pay my bills these days and I drive a bit of a nicer car or whatever but other than that I'm pretty much still the same guy um, they all get very nervous all my friends and family when I fight you know especially my girlfriend you know she's uh She's terrified, you know, she has to put up with me for 10 weeks before I fight, so she knows how much hard work and effort goes into it. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, ultimately, they're very supportive and very happy for me. What do you do when you're not fighting or not training? Obviously, you, your training will tick over, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. You taper it up and down depending on when the fights are. What do you do to relax outside of that? Well, I've got three children and... Uh, so you don't relax? <laughs> well, not exactly, yeah. I've got a, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old and a, a four-month-old. Yeah. And, um, so you don't sleep either? Well, well, not at the moment. <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I can't sleep through them. I think with all the training, I just once I fall asleep, I'm dead. But... Um, yeah, it, it's tough on the kids when I'm training for a fight because they don't get much of a look in. So after a fight, I just try and catch up with spending quality time with the, yeah. uh, with the kids and just, you know, just, just a pretty boring lifestyle, really. Nothing too crazy. Hey, you know, I go out with the boys now and again, have a few beers, nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, quality time with the kids, really. You know, I'm, I'm, this is why I do it. You know, it sounds like a cliche, but I do it for my kids and to provide a better lifestyle for myself and my family. And uh, yeah. What about in the run-up to a fight? I was, I was saying, I... My personal theory is if I was in a sport like yourself, um, especially the last few days, but that last week, I'd have to be left alone by people that love me because I feel like I have to build myself into that animal that yeah. could be able to perform on the Saturday night. Are you like that or are you very, very calm? Well, I, no, I wouldn't say I'm calm. You know, I, I, I can, you know. You're boisterous anyway, so. Yeah, I'm boisterous anyway, but I, but I can be a bit of an asshole to be around, to be honest. I try not to be, but and I don't realise I am being. But, you know, like for example, I've got a friend from America who comes, he's a very good friend of mine, Damien, he flies out to every fight, and uh, the last couple, and this is what he's doing from now on, he's just getting there the day of the weigh-in, because he doesn't really want to be around me, because, you know, I'm cutting weight for one, the nerves are building up, I don't, I, I'm not trying to consciously make myself into an animal, as you said, or anything like that, but obviously it's a pressure cooker, yeah. you know, situation, and... Little things start to get to me, you know. So mm. I'm okay. I, I generally do handle it pretty well, but little things do bug yeah. me. And, and could I, be, I could can lash out a little bit, you know. Could be a different story if we ask the girlfriend or the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she doesn't want to come anywhere near me before I fight, you know. So tell us about the weight cut. Because obviously you've started as a light heavy, uh, you've now moved down to middleweight, um, and it seems to be. It doesn't happen. It didn't seem to happen much with Japanese fights. They tend to fight at more their natural weight. Sure. Whereas, especially with the American side of it, and, and obviously the Brits, they like to trim down to fight so they can be as strong as possible at the weight. Tell us about the weight cut. What, what do you physically have to do, uh, and how how do you actually have to go about that? Because it, it, it's a real science involved to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well. J- j- first, off, just to mention, I used to fight a light heavyweight because, as you mentioned, in England, people really didn't cut weight too much. You know. Uh, when I, and everybody said that we're a little bit more experienced in mixed martial arts when I first started in the UK they said you, re- you really should fight at middleweight and yeah. I said well I'm happy fighting at light heavyweight it's my natural weight etc yeah. etc um, I continued to do that in the UFC until after I fought Rashad Evans and uh, because in the UFC as you mentioned they've got a deep history in uh, wrestling in America yeah. and, and they cut weight from an early age and they get used to doing it you know some of the guys yeah exactly they're doing it from beating kids they're cutting 20 pounds you know yeah. and they're going into the fight the next day a lot bigger a lot stronger fully hydrated and, and it yeah. doesn't affect them because they know how to do it um, when I fought Rashad Evans it was main event in New Jersey and whilst he was in the sauna 
and killing himself to get the weight off and he'd probably cut 15, 20 pounds, I don't know what he did. I was sat in a Chinese restaurant that day having noodles and drinking 7-Up, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and after I lost it, it was a close fight, but after I lost yeah. the fight, I kind of thought, well, what can I do to, you know, and I thought, well, I'm not making all the sacrifices that I need to make, obviously. So that yeah. was the first thing. I dropped down to middleweight, which I believe is more of a natural weight class. Uh, in terms of what we have to do, Obviously, eight weeks leading up to it, the diet is very, very strict. Yeah. Um, I'm going out of my mind right now. Uh, that food over there is not yeah, good for Yeah, you no, it's not good for me stuff. whatsoever. Yeah, I did sneak a little tiny sandwich in. I didn't eat all of it. I took a couple of bites. I'm starving. <laughs> I've basically been hungry for the last eight weeks. Um, but in terms of, um, obviously, very little carbohydrate, lots of protein, lots of fruit and vegetables. Nothing too crazily scientific. It's just good food, natural foods, nothing processed. Yeah. Uh, five or six small meals a day. Lots of supplementation because obviously you're not getting all the necessary necessary dietary requirements. So yeah. lots of multivitamins and protein shakes, things like that. The week of the fight, what we do is we load up with lots of water. We drink about 16 litres of water a day, and it flushes all your system out. Yeah, it's it's a you lot. Train, go to the loo. Train, go to the it's loo. It's ridiculous. You go to the toilet about 15 times a day. You wake up constantly throughout the night going to the toilet. Um, and what you're doing, you're flushing out all your body of all toxins and, and salts and all things like that. You uh, clear your um, your uh, intestine, basically, because you can carry a few pounds in that. Um, no carbohydrates, things like that. For every gram of carbohydrate you eat, your body absorbs four grams of water. So, obviously, you've got to cut out all carbohydrate. Um, and then the week, sorry, not the week, the day before the weigh-in, you stop drinking the water. So your body continues to pass the water that you've been taking on. So you, you pass a little bit extra. As I said, you've because you've flushed out all the salts and things like that, your body doesn't hang on to the water. Uh, the night before I go to bed, uh, the, uh, the night before the weigh-in, I put the sweatsuit on. I, I have about a 45-minute run. Probably do about three or four pounds like that. Hopefully lose a pound and a half in the sleep. So that's probably about five and a half pounds. I've probably cleared out through my intestines and the water so two or three pounds leading up to that. So that's probably about ten pounds. In the morning, the sweatsuit on again. Another run, hopefully about another two or three pounds. And then if anything, there might be a pound or two left to do in the sauna. Sounds simple, but it's, it's torture. It's not doesn't nice. Sound no, no, no. That doesn't it, sound it's, simple. It's horrible, believe me. It's, yeah. You feel like dying. Last night, I was going for a run and I, I was running really hard and I hadn't had much carbohydrate and... Uh, I was feeling very a bit dizzy and whatever, and I thought, oh God, yeah, it, made, it reminded me of when you're cutting weight, and I thought, yeah, I need to just be careful on the food the next few weeks because every pound you can not put on for your diet is it helps you more then, you know. Uh, you know but but uh, as long as you rehydrate rehydrate properly and you have advice and, and you know what to do, this is where nutrition comes in handy. The next day it shouldn't affect it if if you if you rehydrate and eat properly. What's the uh, that's that's. Uh, it's a bit mad but what's the um, difference when you've had the weigh in you've made weight what's next is it some food is it water yeah well what, what I drink is it's a drink you get from America it's called Pedialyte uh, basically they give it to uh, I think they give it to children with like liver problems jaundice things like that it's basically full of uh, salts and minerals and stuff like that. that's the first thing I drink lots of water and then lots of small meals you don't want to eat too much too fast but uh, yeah constantly drinking water um or, or juices, things like that, uh, and, and lots of small meals. As I said, lots of carbohydrate. Got to get the carbs back in yeah. you, get the liquid back in you, get the fuel back in you, and lots of rest. Cool. Yeah, right, I've got to ask you one more question, just because I think you're going to be dragged off in a minute. Yeah, um, just quickly to wrap up. Um, obviously, you're going to win this fight on. Uh, well, Thank on, you very on, much. On October the 16th. What What do you want next? 
after Akiyama, what do you want next? Well, as I said before, you know, it sounds like a bold statement, and I don't want to come across as arrogant or cocky or anything like that, but I do believe now that I'm coming into my prime. All my coaches can see it, my managers can see it, my training partners can see it, I can see it, I can feel it. I've changed a few things, I've got some new coaches. I'm still with some of my original coaches, but I've brought on some extra coaches, like a strength and conditioning coach, things like that. And I, I, I feel like now's my time. I want to beat Akiyama. Well, I'm going to beat Akiyama, and I want to make a run for the title. I want the UFC to give me a title shot. I think one more good opponent, Nate Marquardt, Chelson, and whoever it is, then that's the guy I've got to beat. And for a newbie fan, a first-time fan who might be tuning in to watch it, because uh, normally, obviously, UFC is in America. It's on at three in the morning. This is going to be prime time. Sure. Uh, ESPN. Um, what can I expect? If, if you were selling this fight to someone who's out on the street, heard about the UFC, they've seen the billboard posters, and they say, what should I expect from this event? Well, I would say if, you, if you're a fan of fighting, fan of combat sports, or just a fan of sports in general and, and want to see something new, watch this, you won't be disappointed. You're going to see some of the most evenly matched, exciting fights you're ever likely to see. You're going to see unparalleled production values, fantastic commentating, um, and the best athletes in the world, fighting the best athletes in the world. And, uh, yeah, it's one hell of a show. The Ultimate Fighting Championship returns to London Saturday, October 16th as three British warriors take on the world's best. First, Brighton welterweight John Hitman Hathaway looks to continue his unbeaten run. And top five welterweight Dan the Outlaw Hardy returns to action. Plus, Michael the Count Bisping collides with Japanese judo master Yoshihiro Akiyama in the explosive main event. The UFC October 16th. Tickets on sale now at the O2 Arena box office and Ticketmaster.co.uk.